With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, YouTube? And welcome in to another edition of Midday with Trey and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered. It is Monday, August 14th. 20 and 23 we've got a loaded show talking plenty of texas football as we recap the first fall scrimmage of 2023 and where are we at in society coming up at the end of today's program trey versus machine a fun conversation there we'll talk a little bit about the madness surrounding wander franco right now the stud young player for the tampa bay rays and how he could be in a little bit of hot water with major league baseball and uh, also a hilarious video of a rabid Taylor Swift fan that uh, we've got to show the people and react to. It's going to be a fun hour, Trey. How you doing today, brother? Doing all right. It's good to be back in the home studio broadcasting with you this week, BK, after being in Breckenridge, Colorado all last week. I uh, do miss the highs in the mid to upper 70s because, oh my God, is it hot here right now. Uh, but I do not miss the uh, three-plus million-dollar house that we were in that uh, wasn't very comfortable to sit in and uh, just not as as enjoyable to uh, to be talking into a microphone to you or anyone else for that matter. But I do have to say, as far as that where we at story goes, yes, I did find myself in the beginning stages of the war between humans and machines. I've said all along that I would be Team Robot if and when that happened, but Fortunately, unfortunately, I'm not sure which way to go there. I was Team Human on Friday night in downtown Dallas, or in downtown Austin, excuse me. Uh-oh, you're in trouble. The machines heard you say that, which means you're done. Well, they also felt my physical blows, and <laughs> <laughs> you'll just have to wait to find out the rest. Okay, all right, looking forward to that. Where are we at in society? Coming up towards the back half of the 12 o'clock hour. Before we get into some Longhorn football conversation, Trey, I need your help. I've got a question for you and maybe a question for our great audience out there as well. So I think it's uh, pretty well documented at this point that I am moving back to Austin. Very excited about that. Yep. The move-in date is official. It's happening this Friday. So you will be on with Bucky Friday morning from 8 to 10. And then you and Kevin maybe from 12 to 1? need to figure that one out. So, yeah, the, the hope is Kevin. He and I are going to start doing something regular this week. Uh, but if not Kevin, we'll find somebody uh, somebody that I can have some fun with for sure. You'll uh, get a full dose of Trey in your ears on that. Uh, that's not what mm. I should have said. Nope. You'll, uh, you'll get a lot of – okay. Trey's going to be on, on Friday. your whole guy in college, so. Uh, that's disturbing. And I should ask, but I'm not going to. You shouldn't. Um, all right, so I'm trying to figure things out. So I'm I'm mainly a trash bag mover. Like I stuff as much stuff into trash bags as I can and then just mm. load the trash bags onto a U-Haul. But I need some boxes for the fragile stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a ton of boxes lying around my house. And I obviously don't want to pay to rent boxes from U-Haul and I don't want to go out and buy boxes like it's already expensive moving from city to city and renting movers and renting the U-Haul and all of that stuff. Today is recycling day in my neighborhood in West U. And there are a bunch of people who just put out the recycling on their front lawns. And that's how it gets picked up every Monday. And I just see cardboard boxes on cardboard boxes on cardboard boxes. Is it fair game for me to rummage through people's trash in their front yard and grab the boxes that I'm looking for? Or are the cops going to be called on me because I'm going through people's shit in their front yard? No, I think you can do that. It's not going to reflect very well on you rummage, rummaging through people's trash or even their recycling. I, I have a, I have an idea that you can do if you don't want to completely embarrass yourself in the neighborhood that you're living in for another five days. Because Hood on? <laughs> find some uh, mirrored aviators and and uh go with the unabomber bit yeah so uh, i've got a better idea for you if you don't want to rummage through people's garbage bk because i don't have a ton of olympic level skills in my life 
One is that I am an exceptional parallel parker. I think that if there were a parallel parking championships, even minus the uh, the cheat code that we all have on the backs of our new cars now, where you can ha- you have a camera that lets you see just how close you are to the car behind you, I am really good at parallel parking. You can ask Kevin, who is uh, very critical of uh, people's driving skills. You can ask my wife. A lot of other people have seen this and have been like, wow, you, you said you're Olympic-level parallel parker, and you are. The other thing that I am Olympic-level at, BK, because I've had to do this way too many times over the last 15 years now, is I am an Olympic-level mover. So based on that, I could have helped you out a couple weeks ago when you uh, started to get ready for the move. Hopefully you started packing well, you didn't have these plans necessarily a month ago, but as soon as you knew you were moving to Austin, hopefully you were packing a box or two or a trash bag or two every night to make it easier in that last week. No, I'm seeing you shake your head. Nobody does it, but that's how you should do it if you don't want to feel extremely stressed uh, the day or two before you get that U-Haul. The way to go about getting boxes without having to pay the $0.39 cents at Home Depot, as much as that's breaking your bake, apparently, is to go <laughs> to a grocery store and find somebody in the front end at the grocery store and say, hey, I was wondering if you guys have uh, any extra boxes in the back that I could uh, I could grab for the sake of moving. And almost always they will, or they'll tell you, come back, back tomorrow. Tomorrow is a big uh, receive day, and we'll make sure to hook some boxes up for you then. Mm, that's too much work though i could just walk across the street and grab the box versus having to get in my car and driving to heb five minutes away and then talking to somebody and then asking him a question that they think could be an innuendo if they have a box in the back that i could go see i gotta worry about that reaction too and then that that's just a lot that's a lot man well you look pretty clean and uh, i'm assuming that you're still showering on a daily basis so the the neighborhood the rice village neighborhood or wherever it is that you live in Houston can adopt you as like their uh, their residential home oh. <laughs> i almost said homo i didn't mean homo hmm. i meant hobo their residential hobo uh, i don't know about the other thing and if uh, if that were your deal well you know what uh, good good for you uh, not think, that there's anything wrong with that, as they said on Seinfeld way back in the day. But yeah, you could just yeah. be the uh, the Rice Village hobo, and uh, people would uh, would embrace you as long as you weren't getting too close to their front door. Yeah, I think you've known me long enough to know that uh, that's not who I am. But I'll be the hobo for a little bit. Hell, I drive in Ultima in one of the nicest neighborhoods in West U. I mean, the lawn care workers have nicer cars than I do, so I already look like I'm. In a place that I don't belong, I think people are already worried that I'm coming to rob their place. So maybe it is fitting that uh, that I am the guy rummaging through trash to, to, to try to find stuff here. Well, especially if you're putting it in that car, which isn't a beater, by the way, but it's, uh, it is all relative and it's a beater for that neighborhood. Yeah, they will think you are a hobo who is uh, rummaging through the recycling for, uh, for uh, glass bottles, plastic bo- bottles, and the occasional uh, box, too. Mm, fine i'll be it that's fine it'll save me those 39 cents at home depot i ain't paying that way too expensive inflation it's gotten out of control all right man let's uh let's get into some longhorn football they had their first scrimmage of the fall on saturday wasn't open to the public wasn't even open to the media but you know everybody's got sources players families were in attendance at the game on saturday and a ton of reports stemming from that first fall scrimmage we've had this season I guess, look, I don't want to talk too much about Arch Manning this year because the hope is that he doesn't play that much this year. Honestly, the only time we want to see Arch Manning on the field is in mop-up duty, hopefully at the end of the Rice game in a couple of weeks and uh, just maybe another blowout win or two at some point in the season for this Texas team. But we know Arch Manning is the future of Texas football. We know this is Quinn Ewer's team right now. But it feels like, Trey, Arch Manning was the biggest – headline grabber from what took place on Saturday. Apparently he had a 50 plus yard touchdown run in addition to some really, really good throws. He looked like he was in command of the offense. I know we're all excited about 2023, but it feels like you've got plenty of reasons to be excited about 2024 and beyond as well. And people have talked about Arch and being a little bit underrated athletically in terms of that straight line speed. And that was clearly on display on Saturday, BK. And yeah, it's just one moment in time But if Malik Murphy continues to struggle with pressure uh, throughout the rest of fall practice, uh, the pressure being applied by that Texas defense, that is concerning. 
if you are the Longhorn coaching staff, because you know that opposing teams are also reading these insider reports, and if they end up facing Malik Murphy in games where it actually matters him being in the game, if Quinn goes down with an injury or something else, then uh, yeah, they are going to make sure to apply as much pressure on possible to force him into a mistake. So for Arch Manning to uh, look as good as he did, and for Malik Murphy to struggle mightily uh, when there were a little bit more in the way of bullets flying than, say, uh, during that spring scrimmage, uh, that's something to keep an eye on going forward. It doesn't mean that we are seeing a change on the depth chart yet just necessarily, but it does show uh, why Arch Manning was a uh, five-star prospect, one of the most heralded recruits, in last year's recruiting class and why Texas fans are uh, are enthusiastic to see what he will ultimately be able to do when he gets on the field. But like you said, hopefully not this year. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Malik Murphy is still QB2 on the depth chart, but it sounds like maybe that race for the backup quarterback job is tightening a little bit because in the spring, you said it, Malik Murphy looked a hell of a lot better than Arch Manning did. And understandable why Arch maybe didn't look completely polished, right? It was his first semester on campus, and obviously that's a huge transition going from high school to college. It's an even bigger transition when you're playing small private high school in Louisiana coming to a place like the University of Texas. So you figured maybe it would take some time for Arch to get his sea legs under him. But, yeah, it sounds like uh, he's been a hell of a lot better during fall camp, which is great news for everybody. Yeah, this quarterback room, it feels pretty damn deep, doesn't it, Trev? It sure does. And let's remember, Arch Manning was losing his student ID last spring. So uh, he had a lot on his plate, and that included uh, going through the motions of the offseason program and then spring practices too. But it's good to see him settle in enough that he's able to have a uh, really good day at the office like he did a couple days ago. And Quinn Ewers, by all accounts, looked really good, played well, was in command. He threw one interception on Saturday, but apparently the receiver slipped on that play uh, threw a couple of touchdowns, ran one in two. Uh, he's the guy that we're focused on, right? Everyone's excited about Arch Manning for all of the reasons that you talked about. But hearing more about the progression of Quinn Ewers, I think, is music to every Longhorns fan's ears. Hopefully, uh, we continue to hear stuff like that throughout fall camp and through the rest of these scrimmages as well. Boy, the more we talk about these wide receivers and the more we receive reports from what is happening at fall practice or these scrimmages over the weekend – the more I'm convinced that assuming he can stay healthy, BK, that A.D. Mitchell is going to be the no-doubt number one wide receiver on this team when the season is all said and done. Had a couple more spectacular plays on Saturday. That included a uh, really nice catch from a uh, Quinn uh, Ewers thrown ball uh, in the back corner of an end zone. And uh, I cannot wait to see what, one, what he looks like in a Longhorns uniform starting on September 2nd, but two, just the immense potential that exists there as well. Yeah, and he's got that championship pedigree, too. I mean, the biggest issue for him during his time at Georgia was just staying on the field. So hopefully A.D. Mitchell can stay healthy throughout the course of this season. But, yeah, I mean, I had high hopes for him as soon as the transfer was announced, just based on what we've heard about this guy. Mm -hmm. You're right. It does kind of feel like he's elevated himself to the top of the depth chart and just thinking about all of the talent this wide receiver room has. You know, Buck and I were talking about this this morning. I mean, the fact that – Hey, Xavier Worthy is wearing a non-contact jersey and isn't a full participant. Jordan Winnington left with an injury. Doesn't sound serious at all, which is good. Sounds like uh, if there was an actual game coming up, Jay Witt would be good to go. But the fact that, you know, you can not have those guys at 100% and still feel really good about your wide receiver room, obviously you want everyone to stay healthy over the course of the year, but we know that's not realistic. You think about Jordan Whittington, too, and his Texas career, unfortunately. Like, it's just one of those guys, something's bound to happen to one of those guys at some point this year. The fact that you feel good enough about the depth that you have in that wide receiver room to where you feel like there won't be a huge drop-off in your passing game if somebody goes down with an injury, that's huge. And I, I don't really know the last time we've been able to say that about this Texas wide receiver group. Yeah, that's a great, great point there. As far as Worthy and being in the uh, the non-contact jersey, it sounds like it was more of an illness thing than an injury thing, which is good. And uh, how about this for Jordan Whittington? I mean, we know the first few years of his career, he was a guy that would flash potential. We all know what he was capable of uh, based on that championship game, his final game in high school. But he's had a hard time staying healthy here in Austin until last season. And so it was almost an afterthought that Jordan Winnington is uh, this injury-prone dude. But Saturday, unfortunately, serves as maybe a small reminder of uh, what still might exist there. But to your point, uh, the fact that that room is so loaded with talent now, it's not nearly as detrimental if he does go down and have to miss 
from a couple of series to maybe even a couple of games. Now, we all hope that doesn't happen, obviously, but if he does, you have more of an insurance policy in place for sure. Yeah, and we were going glass half empty talking about guys getting hurt. I mean, it's just good to be able to rotate wide receivers and not sense any sort of drop-off either just to keep guys fresh over the course of four-quarter games, especially when you're playing teams like Alabama. Uh, You want to have your guys ready to go in the fourth quarter of what hopefully is a close game between these two teams in Tuscaloosa. So, yeah, being able to have that rotation of guys with different skill sets, uh, that I think is going to go a long way into Quinn Ewers having that big-time breakout season that we're hoping to see in year two of his Texas career. Uh, A little bit more on the offense, and a little bit later we'll get into some of the defensive standouts and defensive storylines from that scrimmage. The offensive line, Trey, DJ Campbell getting more and more reps with the ones. I know that's what Longhorn fans kind of want to see. Still a little bit surprising anytime you see a starter from a year ago come back and maybe lose his starting job. That might be what's going on at that right guard position. Yeah, that look, competition, we're talking about it with the wide receivers, but competition does breed greatness. So the fact that you have dudes vying for these reps here, and it's guys who are four- and five-star recruits, mind you, including DJ Campbell, who was a former five-star, of course, uh, that is great for the overall health of that individual position and the offensive line on the whole. Kelvin Banks still getting rave reviews, no surprises there. But if uh, one of DJ Campbell or Cam Williams can really step up and uh, prove himself enough to where they are maybe not earning starters minutes, especially in Cam Williams' case, since he is likely at tackle right now. But DJ Campbell, if he can uh, rise up and grab that other starting spot, that's going to be great for this season and obviously next year too because he has at least two more seasons on campus. And if he plays well enough over those two seasons and has the opportunity – to, uh, to maybe go pro along with Kelvin Banks at the end of the 24 season, uh, that would be a great thing for this Texas offensive line. Yeah, this is the best I've felt about a Texas offensive line in a long, long time. Yeah, And Kevin has been on this channel, and he's talked about this being the best offensive line that Texas has had maybe since 2006, yeah, right? Man. Because the O-line, as good as Texas was in 2009, the O-line still had some weaknesses on it and Colt McCoy was just so damn good that he was able to find a way to overcome some of the ineptitude that Texas had at times that year. But, yeah, you got to go back maybe two decades or very close to it to where Texas has had this combination of talent and experience and depth up front, and that should pay dividends. I, I've been right about this offensive line a lot. You know, I say it's going to suck every year, and usually I'm right. Last year was the first time in a long time I was wrong. I thought it was going to suck, and they turned out to be pretty good. I've had a very good beat on this bunch for uh, for years feel like it's going to be pretty good and I think they're going to make me look good this year by saying that you know it's funny because even in the rare year over the last gosh almost 20 years now if we go all the way back to 2006 that the offensive line has been more bad than good but there has been the occasional year where the starting five for the Texas offensive line has been serviceable to good I'm thinking of uh Mike Maddox wait Matt Maddox one year as the offensive line coach with the uh, Sterling Gilbert debacle Well, a silver lining there was uh, Matt Maddox coming in, and he is a really good offensive line coach. And that O-line was a cohesive unit. Remember, uh, Deontay Foreman rushed for over 2,000 yards that season. The problem, though, is that once you got past that first four or five, it was a complete train wreck after after that. So Mm -hmm. inevitably, when a guy does go down to injury, then all of a sudden there is a gaping hole in that offensive line, figuratively and literally there, BK. Mm. And uh, so that was part of the problem that particular year. But more often than not, even the starting five doesn't elicit a whole lot of confidence out of the fan base. That is completely different right now. The backups are starting to prove themselves. They're building that depth. They're recruiting guys that are maybe going to take a couple of years to be uh, to be pushing the guys in front of them uh, competition-wise, but that's okay, too. I don't want dudes who are peaking at seniors in high school. I want Flood and Sarkeesian and the rest of that offensive staff to identify guys who look like they're going to fit into the blocking schemes, big-bodied dudes, obviously, but guys that also have some more room for growth who haven't necessarily maxed out that potential just yet, that they can get into their system and uh, really help them to uh, to accelerate that learning curve at uh, whatever position they're playing at on the offensive line. Yep, very well said. Agreed, 100 Percent. All right, a little bit later in the video, we'll talk about the Texas defense and once again, some of the biggest observations and takeaways from the Longhorns' first fall scrimmage of 2023. But we got to talk about some sponsors right now. Trey, you're back home, which means you've got your AV consultation set up back in your life. They hooked you up and they're going to make sure this football season is a very, very enjoyable one for you and your family. 
No doubt about that, BK. I've actually started watching some regular season Major League Baseball, too, on the television, partially because the Rangers are so good, but partially because we have the 4K option on our television at home. It does look so good on that big screen downstairs. Calvin and I have gotten right back into playing FIFA on the upstairs television and our what we're calling our video game nook. And all of that is the result of work provided by Audio Visual Consultations, Tom McKay's been doing it for 35 years now, and the proof is in the pudding, not only in homes all over Central Texas, but also businesses, too. Think Pluckers. The last time you went into Pluckers and were just blown away by the television setup, one, but also the audio setup, including in those bathrooms. Yeah, that's all the work of audio-visual consultations. Find out for yourself by having Tom McKay and his crew over to help you out with those home theater needs. First, go to avconsultations.com to see all the different type of work that they can do for you. Once you decide on a particular job, then give them a call, 512-255-8678 for audio-visual consultations. Absolutely. And a quick shout-out to Altstadt Brewery, Altstadt Beer. It is German beer made here. The best beer that you can find all throughout the state of Texas, Brewed in Fredericksburg, but once again, easy to find wherever you buy your beer all across the Lone Star State. They've got a number of different brews, something for every beer drinker out there, and a couple that are absolutely perfect for the summer. The Altstadt Light, which sacrifices on calories but does not sacrifice on taste, and also the Altstadt Peach Rattler with juice from real Fredericksburg peaches. They combine that with the world-famous Altstadt Lager, and it makes for an incredibly enjoyable drinking experience. Pick up a six-pack wherever you get your six-packs. It is Altstadt beer. No impurities. No regrets. Okay. let's uh, Now let's do this video first. Then we'll get into the Wander Franco situation because it's not a great one for he, him and the Tampa Bay Rays right now. And uh, it could be getting worse for one of the best young players in all of Major League Baseball. But this video I saw on my ex-timeline. That's still... XO Twitter timeline. I got you. Let you know. Let's not Ladybird Lake this thing. Can we just go ahead and continue <laughs> calling Twitter Twitter and like we called uh, Ladybird Lake Town Lake? Yeah, you're right. All right, Twitter. Sorry about that, Elon. We're calling it Twitter. I saw this earlier today on Twitter. It's a video of a rabid Taylor Swift fan at one of her recent concerts. You know, this tour. It's felt like it's been going on for years. It's been like the highest grossing concert tour in the history of concert tours. She is selling out every arena across the world. And she has one of the most passionate fan bases in all of music, maybe all of music history. So here's a video. It it looks like the woman singing is actually recording this herself. So I I can't feel too bad that this has gone as viral as it's gone because it's not just some person not letting her enjoy the moment. This is her Really enjoying the moment. Uh, check out the craziness of this one T Swift fan here. Whoa. <laughs> so a couple of things here. One, I know that every, like one of the big things with concerts right now is dressing up in some thematic way that represents the musician. Like I know it's a big deal with Harry Styles, uh, a guy that we used to work with. <laughs> Chad Hastings took his daughter to a Harry Styles show and he and I were doing, uh, he and I were doing our radio show at the time. And I was like, dude, it looks like you're dressed up for a gay pride parade. You're going to a Harry Styles show. I know you're trying to play along with your daughter. Good for you for that one. But uh, it's just a, a funny, funny side bit, I guess, on the whole concert going experience. And she has what fake, uh, fake foliage wrapped around her right now for some reason. I don't know if Taylor Swift is dressed up like that for a previous album cover or a video or something like that. So that already is one slight red flag, let's say. But a lot of people are going to these Taylor Swift shows dressing up like complete psychopaths. So I guess she gets a pass on that one. The other thing is, is I don't know if the dude next to her is a friend or a boyfriend. I hope for his own safety and sanity that it is just a friend because otherwise 
that girl is a an absolute handful, and uh, I'm imagining is a major, major problem in regular life. Yeah, I don't want any part of that as a friend, as a lover, as an acquaintance, as anything. I mean, that, that was absolutely nuts. And to go back to your first point, here's a generalization here. Women love dressing up, right? Like, not all women, of course, but a lot of women love dressing up. And you've seen that a lot. You talked about Harry Styles. You're seeing it with Taylor Swift. You're seeing it with the Barbie movie, right? Like women are dressing up to go to a movie theater to watch a movie where nobody can see you because it's dark in there. It makes no sense to me. But like any excuse that women can find to dress up, they love those themed parties. It feels like they're going to take. So, yeah, I mean, this is called the Eras Tour. And I guess like people who go to these concerts are dressing up as some version of Taylor Swift throughout the course of her career. So I guess that's the bit. Yeah, it was a weird costume that she was wearing, but like everyone attending these things is dressed up like that. That part I can get down with. That's fine. You you wear whatever you want to a concert, whatever. Show your support, show your love, have a good time, take pictures, post it on social media. Because if you don't post it, you never even went. We know how that's uh, how it works here in 2023. But that's, dude, that was insane, man. Just the look in her eyes too. Like there's crazy eyes going on there. Not just the singing and the dancing, just like the ridiculous. I mean, I get it. Sports fans are crazy. And there are some sports fans who are like that. But my God, if you see one of those, you turn and run the other way. Well, even if she's singing loud, at least she's trying to uh, sing. She's screeching like she's at a heavy metal show. So you're not even doing justice to the song that's being performed on stage. All you're doing. And by the way, this is a problem regardless of the uh, the type of performance right now people have become completely oblivious to to those around them and their attempts to maximize their own enjoyability at a music concert at a comedy show uh, i'm s- assuming it's happening in the world of theater too i don't go to a ton of plays i know everybody is shocked by that one but <laughs> people are just becoming belligerent with how they conduct themselves at live performances and they feel like the fact that they paid the price for a ticket entitles them to do so. No, you still need to be respectful enough to recognize what the scene around you is like and not basically scream at the back of somebody's head, by the way, because there was somebody in front of that girl, I'm guessing, who was annoyed to no end that he or she was having to listen to that bullshit. Yeah, someone uh, commented, imagine paying hundreds of dollars for a ticket and then having to sit next to that either in front next to behind whatever hell in the same section not good hell on the same level of the arena i mean everyone had to be hearing that yeah that's insane and the scary part is there's probably hundreds that were screaming just like her during that concert hundreds maybe thousands hopefully tens for the for the sake of everybody else in that (laughs) arena yeah that's uh, God bless all the dads who are being forced to uh, to go to those concerts and, and put up with that. That that can't be easy. Well, I think that, yeah, I mean, that part of it is uh, is brutal. I mean, the fact that you're having to pay as much as you are to go see that show live, even the nosebleed seats are ridiculously expensive. Vivi, my eight year old, almost nine year old is into Taylor Swift right now, and there are worse things that she could be into. Trust me. I have to listen to my wife's music on a regular basis. Uh, Justin's on blast right now for the shitty pop music that she loves to listen to. So it gets a lot worse than Taylor Swift. So I don't mind the music itself, but the overall scene, yeah, you're, you're probably right about that. would be super obnoxious, uh, obnoxious to have to sit through over two hours or however long these shows are going. All right. So, yeah, we'll take your comments on that. Uh, Trey, while I'm reading the uh, Wander Franco story, uh, yes, I was going to ask you to check your phone doing all off-air business on air. I sent you a text. You don't have to read it, but I did not start the app. No, there you go. Okay. Good to know. All right. The uh, other non UT story we have today involves now though. There we go. Involves uh, Tampa Bay Rays, young superstar Wander Franco, who might be in some hot water right now. He uh, missed the Rays game yesterday against the guardians and the Rays just traveled for a road trip that starts tonight And Wander Franco, who is 22, was not with his teammates on the team plane as they headed to San Francisco for their upcoming series against the Giants. That starts tonight. Uh, MLB is doing some investigating into some social media posts involving Wander Franco 
And there is a belief that Wander Franco may have been involved in an inappropriate relationship with a minor. Uh, the Tampa Bay Times had this story first. They don't, you know, there's not a ton of details about what was going on or what's alleged of going on, but the Rays and MLB are looking into the post and allegations. And this could be a really, really scary situation. So some of the details that I've been able to uh, scavenge over the last couple of hours, apparently Wander Franco is accused of having some sort of relationship with a 14-year-old. A reminder, he's 22. Uh, the alleged relationship involves a 14-year-old, which is obviously a minor. Uh, there are reports of her asking him for hush money and him not delivering said hush money. And that is why this girl is taking her or making her way to social media to uh, kind of expose Wander Franco. So, man, this is not good, Trey. We're talking about one of the best young stars in all of baseball, a guy who signed a massive contract, the biggest contract in Rays history, right? Like this tells you how much the Rays think of this kid. They're the cheapest franchise maybe in all of sports. They gave this dude a massive deal to keep him around forever. They're clearly believers in his talent. And clearly they didn't think something like this off the field would ever pop up. But here we are, once again, a bright young star in sports in uh, a little bit of trouble, potentially a lot of trouble. This could be really, really ugly if uh, they find out this thing is true. Yeah, I saw accusations that he is grooming her. And grooming does have to do with uh, some form of sex, too. Is that correct? I'm not totally familiar with what grooming is. Uh, I'm not either, but that's a disgusting thought. And I hope it's not true. Hope none of this is true. All right, preparing, uh, preparing a a person to be something along those lines is what uh what I'm seeing on the interwebs right now. Yeah, this is this is an ugly story, and I don't uh, I certainly don't want to uh, to convict him before uh, all the details are na are, are out. And an investigation uh, has been followed through on, but if he uh, if he is guilty of some version of this, like not only is his baseball career probably over, but his uh, his freedom as a human being. It's probably over two, and it should be because you are a pedo, dude. Yep. Yeah, it's disgusting. And within the last 30 minutes, uh, Jeff Passan of ESPN has said that the Rays have placed Wander Franco on the restricted list, which wow. takes him off the roster and usually means he's not going to get paid. So, uh, yeah, like you said, you don't want to uh, convict somebody before he's actually convicted, but this might be the start of a very long process for Wander Franco. And like you said, if, if this is found to be true, Forget baseball. This dude shouldn't see the light of day for a long, long time. Uh, that is uh, that is disgusting, and not not to turn this back into baseball necessarily, BK, but yeah. I guess uh, to turn this back into baseball because that's what I'm about to do right now. Remember when the Tampa Rays started the season as hot as they were with that insane win streak? Yeah. And now you look at the AL East standings, and they're not even first place anymore. They're still in full control of making it to the postseason because they have that top wild card spot uh, locked down as it, as it currently stands. But if you would have asked anybody two weeks into the season, who the odds on favorite to win the world series was, it was going to be the Rays. And not only is uh wander likely out for the rest of the season. Now they've uh, had a couple of key injuries too, including on their pitching staff. And uh, now the Rays are, are basically just trying to hold on for dear life to make it to October. Yeah, after that red-hot start that they had through the first month, month and a half of the season, they've played around 500 baseball since yeah, then. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're still in a playoff spot if the season ended today. They're only three games back of the American League East lead right now, but they have cooled off a little bit. You're right, their best pitcher, Shane McClanahan, is out for the year, and now Wander Franco, maybe their best overall player, uh, could be out for a long, long time. So we'll wait and see if any of this stuff is true. Um you know, if Wander Franco does get sent down, uh, the minor leagues doesn't mean what you think it means, Wander. I just don't want him to to think uh, maybe there's something else going on there. But uh, yeah, what a what a horrible horrible story. Once again, I hope it's not true for a million different reasons. But this thing could get messy very quickly for Franco for Tampa Bay, and obviously this could be a big issue for Major League Baseball as well. Yeah, a reminder that in South Carolina, BK, the age of consent is 16 years old, Ugh. but with parental consent, essentially, it can go as low as 14. So maybe Wander and this girl need to, uh, and, her, and her parents need to move to South Carolina. What the hell is wrong with South Carolina? 16? 14? Yeah. 
That's gross. I'm out on that. I never planned on living in South Carolina. Now I definitely know that I have no interest in ever living in South Carolina. Charleston is an interesting area to visit and obviously going to uh, to Death Valley. I want to go see a game there at some point, but I sure as hell don't want to stick around for too long. And I don't want to bring my preteen daughter there too. So some South Carolina creepo can start to try and groom her for when she turns 14 to 16. Yeah. Gross, gross. All right, obviously we'll talk more about uh, that story as more and more details come out. Once again, Wander Franco on the restricted list right now. He is not with the Tampa Bay Rays as they are fighting for a playoff spot in the American League. Quick shout out to a few more of our sponsors, SentexTickets.com. If you're looking for tickets to any sporting event all over the year, all over the globe, you can find it at SentexTickets.com. NFL, MLB, college football, NBA, NHL, they've got it all on site at SentexTickets.com, plus tickets to concerts, tickets to ACL, tickets to Broadway shows. They've got it all right there at SentexTickets.com. All of their tickets are 100% guaranteed, so you don't have to worry about scams or fakes or anything like that. Buy your tickets from the comfort of your own home right there at SentexTickets.com. And some love to our guy Ashish at 7-Eleven, the Monterey Oaks location in South Austin. Go say what's up to him. Big Longhorn fan, big fan of this channel. You'll find him from time to time in the chat room chopping it up with us. Great dude. Go say what's up to him. He will always take care of you. And, hey, if you don't live in South Austin, doesn't matter. Go to 7-Eleven. Go to any 7-Eleven. There's got to be one by you. They've got the big gulps. They've got the Slurpees. Everything you need to stay cool here in these red-hot summer months. Many thanks to Centex Tickets and 7-Eleven for their support of Texas Sports Unfiltered. All right, Trey, we talked a lot about the offense and some of our biggest takeaways from the Longhorns fall scrimmage on Saturday. Now let's uh, shift sides and go to the defense. What stood out to you from who you've talked to, from what you've read since that scrimmage on Saturday? Well, BK, uh, one more quick note on the offense, if you don't mind, because uh, we did not talk at all about the running backs. It was good to hear three different running backs having really positive moments and guys that I think could fit a particular role this year. Obviously, Jonathan Brooks, everybody is uh, looking forward to see uh, seeing what he is capable of as the bell cow running back for this offense. He is the guy who be, will be receiving those first two uh, first team carries, assuming that he is healthy to start the year, which we have no reason not to think so right now. He's going through the full motions and fall practice. Keelan Robinson ripping, uh, ripping off a, uh, a long touchdown run on a fourth and one is a big deal. And C.J. Baxter really starting to get it, too. I think he can be the thunder to Jonathan Brooks's lightning. Not that Jonathan Brooks doesn't provide a certain amount of power, but he can be that guy who is getting uh, more second-half carries as the opposing defense is starting to wear down and uh, really making uh, big-time work of it, too. So that, that was really encouraging to hear about uh, for that one more note on the offensive side of the ball. Yep, I'm excited about the one-two punch with Brooks and Baxter. And yeah, Keelan Robinson, He's uh, we know what he's capable of. He knows this offense better than anybody on the team, probably. I mean, he was with Sark at Alabama, then transferred to Texas. He's been with Sark forever, so he's got a good grasp on things, and he can be a weapon. So yeah, I like that. This running back room, obviously a ton to replace with the departures of Bijan and Rojo, but you do feel like they've got the bodies to uh, – to make that happen. All right, I'm throwing it back to you. Defense. Yeah, as far as defense goes, uh, how about a couple of true freshmen standing out? Anthony Hill, which is expected at this point to make at least uh, some plays here and there. But Malik Muhammad, the uh, talented cornerback out of the DFW area, true freshman, had an interception, was also in on another turnover, a forced fumble, I believe. And uh, this is a secondary that has pretty good depth at the cornerback position. If they can get... Good reps out of Malik Muhammad, too, to add to the overall competition. Uh, that is a great thing to hear. So for Malik Muhammad to be mentioned by so many insiders based on the sources that they were talking to, uh, I love to hear that because you don't want too many true freshmen playing. But if a guy is capable to come in and earn some reps, either backup reps or maybe even third string reps to where at some point in the year he is considered a backup, depending on injuries or how a guy in front of him is playing. Uh, that is a great thing for the health of that position group. And uh, haven't heard more about Derek Williams just yet. I know Steve Sarkeesian has talked about him. Uh, didn't 
didn't see a whole lot in, in the way of him doing much at that safety position. But if guys like Malik Muhammad and Derek Williamson step up, it's uh, it's really going to help uh, the overall rooms that they're a part of, either cornerback or safety, depending on if you're talking about Muhammad or Williams. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this cornerback room, man. I mean, we know what Ryan Watts is capable of. Terrence Brooks showed some things in the bowl game, and he came on a little bit stronger towards the end of the year. Now you're talking about Malik Muhammad being an impact player already, a guy that the Texas coaching staff just can't leave on the sideline because he's playing so well. You hear that he's got a pick six in addition to a couple of other PBUs and also a big hit on somebody. Like, that's that's awesome, man. Like, that is what you're looking for from your secondary. And then, oh, Gavin Holmes coming in too. A two-year starter at Wake Forest coming in as a transfer. Like, that's four really, really solid cornerbacks right there. Maybe a little too early thinking Malik Muhammad is that, right? Might be uh, premature to call him that, but uh, he's clearly making an impact right now, and it sounds like this dude's going to force his way onto the field at the time. So, yeah, today's college football, it used to be like, oh, in the Big 12, you can never have too many corners. No, in today's college football, you can never have too many corners, which is how much teams are throwing the ball around. Uh, the fact that Texas might have some talent and some depth there, it's a really, really good sign. Yeah, and the fact that we're talking about true freshmen doesn't mean that we're calling for them to start necessarily, but these guys have to start making plays somewhere. And if you're doing so in a scrimmage setting in fall practice and uh, showing that you are, are at least capable of making positive plays on the field, that's a great starting point for you. It's like Jonathan Brooks at the running back position last year. Obviously, he wasn't going to receive significant carries playing behind Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. But when you saw him in, in mop-up duty, you know, he was ripping off big uh, long runs and sometimes long touchdown runs, that's a starting point for him. And so to see him do that in the bowl game against Washington last year was another step forward that has us all feeling much more confident about that running back position, despite the fact that we lost uh, one who was the best to ever do it at this school. And then Roshan Johnson, who was also a guy who could have started at most schools, not named Texas last year, but also a big-time team leader. Same thing applies for the Mahamas, the Anthony Hills, and anybody else right now. Even if they're not out there for play one uh, of the 2023 season against Rice, the fact that you know that they are waiting in the wings and they have the physical potential to make those plays puts you at ease a little bit when you do actually see them on the field. Yep, Jade Barron too, more of that star role, but still another guy who has uh, developed into a solid player who gives you some depth in that cornerback room. So, yeah, you're right. There's opportunities for uh, for some of these guys to get some playing time, and you want to have a good rotation of players in your defensive backfield just like you do in that wide receiver room. So excited to hear that with Malik Muhammad. You brought up Anthony Hill. I mean, speaking of guys who are going to make it tough to keep on the sideline, uh, that guy's got an opportunity with the question mark at that linebacker spot outside of Jalen Ford, a chance for Anthony Hill. I know David Bend has been getting most of the reps with the ones. Uh, hopefully things click for him. He's shown us some things during the course of his Texas career, obviously pretty experienced in that PK defense, but it, it feels pretty safe to say that the ceiling is higher for Anthony Hill. I don't know if it's week one where we see that, but I think over the course of the season, Trey, probably safe to expect Anthony Hill to take over as that second starting linebacker on this defense. Possibly, but obviously those first and second downs are the uh, more difficult downs to understand what your responsibilities are and execute as well, uh, as well in that linebacker spot. But the great thing about Anthony Hill right now from Pete Kwiatkowski and the defensive coaches is you can put him in very situationally right now, understanding that you are playing to his biggest strengths. And of course, I'm talking about those third and obvious passing down situations where you do allow him Maybe it's from the inside occasionally. Maybe it's from the outside moving around a little bit to uh, to keep the offense guessing or having to account for where he is on the field. But let him pin his ears back and get pressure on that quarterback. And uh, I imagine he has a very DeMarvion Overshown type impact on uh, putting said pressure on quarterback when he's allowed to do so uh, once the season gets going here in a couple weeks. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And the uh, I don't know how many Micah Parsons comparisons there have been out there, but C.J. Vogel of the Football Brainiacs provided one. Like that, uh, that could be big time, man. That could be big time. Just if you have a guy who's that versatile who can impact the game in a number of different ways, that'd be huge. I don't want to, I don't want, uh, I don't want getting, I don't want us getting too far ahead of ourselves. No. BK. I had to listen to way too many people called Tom Herman, the next Nick Saban. And I was like, eh, you know, <laughs> been at it a couple of years and there's some behind the scenes thing that people may not know uh, nearly as much about, but yeah, I mean, I hope it turns out like that. Like I hope Anthony Hill turns out to be a Micah Parsons type, but I'm also okay 
uh, finding different comparisons for the time being and uh, maybe making those comps in year two or three. Nah, Anthony Hill is Micah Parsons. Uh, Colton Vosick is Nick Bosa. <laughs> yeah, Bosa, yep. Uh, Byron Murphy is Aaron Donald. I think that was a comp that was given last year. Uh, who else? Oh, Malik Muhammad is Deion Sanders. <laughs> Low bars. Low bars for these guys. No pressure at all. Oh, man. What about the uh, the defensive line? We haven't talked about the, uh, that yet. You know, it's interesting. Like, it feels like Ethan Burke has solidified himself as a starting edge for this team. Like, I think everybody knew going into camp that Baron Sorrell was going to be one of those guys, and it sort of felt like a competition to be the other edge rusher on this Texas defense. And, look, I know the Longhorns have recruited pretty well there. They've got a few dudes waiting in the wings that could be impact players for this team this year. But kind of sounds like Ethan Burke has separated himself and is clearly uh, a starting caliber player for this Longhorn defense. It's great to see that it's clicking for him. He's still more of a speed guy than a power guy, and maybe that'll always be the case. But he's added some positive uh, weight this offseason to help with the strength side of that position. But uh, I love hearing that uh, anybody is really, uh, really stepping into the void and making it difficult for the coaches to go with somebody else uh, starting September 2nd. So if that's Ethan Burke, great. Uh, if it's Justice Finkley or somebody else who uh, who really steps up and, and grabs the coach's attention over the next couple of weeks, that's good too. But right now we just need to find uh, at least a short-term answer there. And it does seem like Ethan Burke will be the guy against Rice game one. Yeah, a guy who was ranked outside of the top 350 players in his recruiting class. But a lot of folks around Central Texas said there were reasons for optimism with Ethan Burke. And uh, I think there are, just based on some of the reports that we've been getting out of fall camp. That's great to hear. And then Trill Carter, man. Trill Mm -hmm. Carter, the transfer from Minnesota. I I haven't talked about him enough. I haven't asked enough people about this dude. But, uh, man, just another addition to the interior of this defensive line. I don't know what to expect from him in terms of playing time. I don't know if he's a starter. But it sounds like a dude who's going to make an impact uh, for this Texas defensive front. That would be a nice add. He may not be a starter. And if so, that's fine because he is an incredible depth piece. But he also could be a starter if need be based on the fact that he played defensive line in a conference that is full of really good offensive lines, BK. And the fact that he was as productive as he was on a couple of Minnesota teams that weren't all that great, I think bodes well for this Texas defensive line for uh, for the variety of instances with which they may need him. Maybe it's as a depth guy uh, coming in and spelling uh, some of his teammates, but if forced into action, we know that he is capable of still making plays as a starter too. And then, of course, we can't... Uh, Talk about the defensive line and how things looked in the scrimmage on Saturday without talking a little bit more about, yes, Alfred Collins, a Mm. guy who uh, does play a little bit more inside, but on certain uh, obvious passing downs, they are popping him into that outside defensive end spot. And it looks like he's been pretty productive, including on Saturday in both positions. Now our UTSD keeps us from buying too much into guys that we've been hearing way too much about for the first three years of their career but uh, I'm my pessimism is beginning to it's neutral right now, and it's starting to shift towards optimism that Alfred, Alfred Collins may finally become that five star recruit uh, that we were all so excited about coming out of the Bastrop area. Well, I told the Texas coaching staff last week that they needed to play the video of me talking trash about Alfred Collins on Texas Sports Unfiltered in front of Alfred Collins. Yeah. And hopefully that could be some sort of wake-up call to actually get him going because you're right, the potential is there, it's been there, and we've been waiting for this kid to take that step and become a playmaker on this defense for going on four years now as he finally reaches his senior year. And, hey, maybe it happened. Maybe they showed him that video. Maybe he was inspired to go out there and make some things happen. And by all accounts, he was one of the best players on the field on Saturday. So I am going to do my part, Trey, because I'm a big Texas fan and I'm such a selfless guy. Everybody knows that. I am going to continue talking trash about Alfred Collins. I'm going to dunk on him and say that there's no chance he actually breaks out. He's not nearly good enough. He's just another one in line of a five-star talent that got recruited by the University of Texas who didn't live up to the hype. I'm going to keep saying that doing my part to motivate Alfred Collins to actually go out there and prove me wrong by having a great season and hopefully doing enough to where he is a relatively high round draft pick in next April's NFL draft. I am a big fan of the reverse jinx, so I fully endorse what you're doing right now. Keep the trash talk going, please. God, he's so bad, dude. 
<laughs> so bad. Oh my God. And his grades are terrible. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't know anything about his grades. I'm sure he's a great kid and a phenomenal student at the end. Yeah, you better, better be careful about how far you're willing to take the uh the faux hate because if you start talking about his girlfriend, he may come find you, and that's not gonna end well for you. No, I don't want six six three fifteen knocking on my door anytime <laughs> soon. I'm good on that. I'm good on that. We'll keep it to uh, on the field stuff. And I'm just doing my part. You're welcome, Alfred Collins. I'll take a little bit of that paycheck, by the way, once you make it to the NFL as a a high-round draft pick like I was talking about. All right. Before we get to where we at in society, Trey, some more shout-outs to some sponsors. And, hey, you're back in Austin, which means you're back is back thanks to relax oh buddy it's hard to see my chair right now because of uh i'm sitting directly in front of it and i've got a uh uh, bookshelves that are dark brown in the background but you can see the chair right there this is the relax the back chair that my brother won at the mullet open a couple of summers ago yeah he's smart so he charged me a couple hundred bucks for it even though he didn't want it didn't want to have to tow it back to houston with him i was like i'll take that chair the chair we have in our office right now sucks And I have not regretted paying that $200 for this chair since then. It is such a good chair. Uh, It it adjusts in so many different ways. It's got lumbar support. And that is all thanks to the expert work provided by Relax the Back and their ability to understand the types of products that they need to carry in their stores that will ensure the, uh, the health and safety of people who are dealing with various chronic back issues like myself. I will walk you into my living room at some point so you can see the mountain of massage goods that I that we have in my living room to try and help me deal with my bad back. Many of those are from Relax the Back. I've been a customer of their theirs for, gosh, probably going on 20 years now, and that will remain the case going forward. So it is a pleasure to get to talk about them uh, in this particular capacity. I highly encourage you to check out Relax the Back if you are dealing with any uh, back issues or if you're not, you just want to be as comfortable as humanly possible. Yep, how's that for a testimonial right there? Two Austin area locations, one at 183 and 360 next to the Whole Foods, the other at the Hill Country Galleria, and they've got stores all over the state of Texas as well. Check them out online, relaxtheback.com. And a shout-out to our friends over at Woods Comfort Systems. They are celebrating 60 years of providing top-quality HVAC and plumbing services, and their goal is to make sure that you are comfortable in every season they can do so many things ac maintenance repair and installation heater repair and service furnace maintenance duct work attic insulation and of course they have plumbing services as well their goal always has been to provide exceptional hvac and plumbing services all across central texas and they can do that for you as well so if something's going wrong with the ac you gotta call our friends at woods Comfort Systems. Check them out online, woodscomfortsystems.com, and their phone number, 512-842-5066. Woods Comfort Systems, where comfort is our middle name. All right, Trey, it is time for... Where are we at in society today? That's right. It is your regular look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction Very occasionally, I will give you a story that provides a sense of optimism that has us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are figuring something out. Perhaps all is not lost. But sadly, very sadly, today is not that day. That is because, BK, I need to provide my first firsthand account of the inevitable war between humans and robots. It happened to me Friday night in downtown Austin. I've always told you and the people that I would be team robot when the war occurred, but I find my, found myself in a situation where I got into a physical altercation with a driverless taxi downtown. <laughs> Wait a second. You got into a physical altercation with a driverless taxi, so there was no person involved here? It was literally you versus the machine? Me versus the machine, so... I uh, met up with a couple of friends for dinner, and then we were going to see the late show at Joe Rogan's Comedy Mothership. Andrew Santino uh, headlined all weekend. Very funny show, by the way. Highly recommend you uh, get out to the Comedy Mothership in general just because it's uh, top-notch comedic talent uh, performing there every night of the week, especially the headliners that they have on the weekend. So we go to uh, the restaurant beforehand, Sweet Chive which is a pretty good spot on the east side, good Asian fare. And uh, we decide to take one car over to downtown because it's like 9, 9.30 at night to uh, limit how much we are having to deal with parking, either pay for it, or if we get lucky enough, 
and we find a free street parking spot, then even better for us. We've uh, we've pretty much hit gold at that point, especially when you uh, get downtown on a Friday night at that time. There, those spots almost never exist. But sure enough, we're driving around. We do a couple circles downtown before deciding to uh, to get to a paid spot, and we find a street parking spot that requires my friend to parallel park his uh, Ford F-150 pickup truck. And there's enough space for him to get this uh, this big truck into that spot. That's not a problem. The issue was is that he sees the spot and he pulls a little bit forward to uh, to then back into the spot. He puts his blinker on, throws his reverse lights on, and then I hear him saying, oh, no, it's one of those stupid automated taxis. I hope they get out of the way. Remember, he does have his reverse lights on, so this automated taxi should see what's going on. The automated taxi pulls within, I don't know, three to four feet of his car before he can start to back into the spot and starts honking. Automated <laughs> taxi starts honking repeatedly. Honk, 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 honk. It's an annoying taxi sound. As annoying as I sound uh, uh, repeating it right now. And so he's like, he he gets mad immediately. He still has his reverse lights on, but he like leans out of his window and is like, hey, I'm pulling in. I'm parallel parking in this spot. You need to go around me. Now we're saying this to a, a, a driverless vehicle right now that is yeah. being controlled by video and robots, but the car doesn't move. As a matter of fact, it starts inching a little bit closer when he does so. Oof. He's like, I don't know what to do here. Like, I am not going to move. This is a really good spot. It's like a block and a half away from where we're where we're going on 6th Street. And so he's like, I'm not sure what to do here. I'm like, well, let me get out and see what I can do. Oh, no. So I get, I'm in shotgun. So I get out, walk around his truck. I look, I'm standing in front of this, this, uh, it's called Cruise. The Cruise Taxis. I don't know if you've seen them downtown. You're about to start going to downtown Austin much more frequently, BK. They are all over the place now. This wasn't just a one-off. I literally, in the time that this altercation happened, I probably saw like 10 of them driving past us. So they are all over downtown Austin, at least at night when uh, there are drunks all over the place. And hopefully they are uh, getting some sort of designated driver or automated vehicle to get them from point A to point B. So I get out of the car, though. And I'm standing between my friend's truck in this uh, this driverless vehicle. And one, I'm worried. I'm like, I hope this thing doesn't just decide to ram into me because whatever, it starts malfunctioning or whatever else. It's going to break my legs. Yeah. Well, eventually I work my way to the driver's side of this driverless vehicle where you would normally, uh, the side you would normally go into if you were actually going to get behind the wheel of the car where there, there was a steering wheel in there, but there was no human as we talked about. <laughs> and so at first I... I'm like, gosh, should I, should I hit this thing? Should I get my face in the camera to try and get it to back up? So I try and like wave my hands and say, hey, if you're on the other end right now and you can hear me, we're pull- parallel parking into the spot. Please back this vehicle up. This vehicle is impeding our ability to do so. And so I like, like I'm staring into the camera on my computer right now. I do that and nothing happens. Of course nothing happens. I don't know. I assume that there's humans who are monitoring these vehicles and seeing if there's an issue that maybe they can help uh, help take control of these vehicles and get it to do something different. Because what it did, what it was doing at that point in time was losing it potential customers because it couldn't pick anybody up right there. And it was also completely screwing us over from getting into this parallel spot. So the uh, looking into the camera and yelling didn't do anything. So then I'm like, all right, well, I need to try and I need to see if I can open the door and maybe move this thing myself. And at this point, BK, I start Uh-oh. to get a little bit worried. Yep. Because I'm like, is this vehicle set up to like shock me if I were to try and open the door? I'm like, surely they're not going to do that. That's a huge liability. You can't just shock somebody because they're touching a door handle. I'm like, screw it. I got to try it. I got to try and get this car door open and get this car moved. This is too good of a spot for us to pass up. So I, put my hand in the door handle reluctantly and try and open it. doesn't shock me, thankfully, but it also doesn't open. So at this point, I'm like, all right, this vehicle's not going to hurt me. So I start banging on the door, banging on the door. I'm like, hey, I'm like, back up. We're trying to get into this parallel spot here. This ain't cool. Kick the tires a couple of times, pound on the hood a couple of times, and guess what happens? What? The automated vehicle moves closer to my buddy's pickup truck. Oh no! So the automated vehicle felt what was going on. By the way, I didn't. I mean, I'm sure you could. You can guess this. I did not hurt this vehicle at all. If anything, it probably hurt my toes or my 
uh, my fist a little bit pounding on this car and the vehicle's response was not to move on like it should do if it was a good driverless vehicle it became defiant and uh dug in a little bit more in this game of parallel parking chicken so wow. eventually i stopped trying to hit the car because i realized that wasn't going to do any good and i'm also on camera so there might be a liability issue that comes into play if, oh. if i uh, end up actually denting the car which i didn't uh so but there was enough room still uh even though the the vehicle had moved up a couple inches that my buddy basically just maneuvered his way through like the tiniest amount of space to get onto the sidewalk initially and then once he was once he had cleared the driverless vehicle enough it kind of just like swerved around him and it just kept going about its business but uh I'm not going to lie. I was pissed. And when he was like squeezing past this car, cause he was literally within a couple of inches of this car's front bumper, yeah. that annoying honking sound. It just, it went off like a car alarm was going off. I mean, for literally like three minutes and there were people walking by us on the sidewalk looking, my buddy and I were both screaming at this thing the entire time. <laughs> I look like a psychopath. I understand that. I look yeah. like at that Taylor Swift concert, whose video we played earlier in the show, but I didn't give a damn. I was pissed that this vehicle, while not having a driver behind the wheel, is apparently so incapable of reading a situation that it almost screwed us out of this really good parallel spot downtown. God, this is you yelling at a driverless car. That's you. Less foliage, but yeah, it kind of was me. And Dude, it, I, there, I'm, guessing it, I'm guessing it wasn't a good look, but I was pissed. There's got to be a video of you doing this, right? I mean, I would have taken a video if I saw somebody talking shit and trying to fight a driverless vehicle. Like, that is going on Twitter in a heartbeat, man. I hope somebody got it. Should, yeah. Somebody should have gotten it because it was uh, an embarrassing display by me, but... You thought that was going to work? No, I didn't think it was going to work, but I was also annoyed, and uh, maybe I'd had a little bit of booze also, so my inhibitions <laughs> were down. There's no humans in there. There's only one person. It's Allen Iverson controlling all of that stuff, by the way. We've talked about it with the AI. He was busy. He's not dealing with you. You're on your own there. Like I'm sure I could have probably gone online and found some sort of helpline number for crews, but it shouldn't have to come down to that. They've got freaking video cameras that go every direction on top of this car and they should be able to sense when a car in front of them has the reverse lights on and either stay no. far enough back that they're not completely screwing the car or go around especially when there's not traffic coming right next to them which the pretty much the entire time that this is going on there were no cars next to us so this car very easily could have just swerved around us but no it had to be a dick about things forcing what? me to uh, throw the first blows in the uh, the inevitable war between man and machine. Yeah, you're screwed. You're going to be one of the first people the machines go after now. Like Every good thing you've said about the machines in the past is trashed. It's over. You're I done. do still welcome our future robot overlords if and when it comes to that. No, they're just laughing at you now. They're like, oh, this guy thinks he can uh, get us back. There's no chance. He's Let me ask you this. Arnold. <laughs> could, you, could you guys not have turned around and then turn back around and then take in the spot again. It doesn't sound like there were a bunch of other cars behind this driverless taxi. Did you not have the time or space to just loop around real quick and, and get the spots and let the taxi pass? It would have been a bit of a risk, but it was also the principle of the matter. We were not going to let technology beat us here. And I will say we ended up getting into that spot, despite the fact that this cruise automated taxi was being such a dick about things we, oh we won gosh. we won that one even though i didn't physically harm that thing we won the uh the psychological war that existed in that moment that was your warning right there the next time that car is literally crushing you it's not inching towards your body in between it and the truck it is foot on the gas pedal to the metal and you're done just get ready, dude, because when you start going downtown on the weekends, you are going to see how many of these things are out. It's like, it's not every car just yet, but I'd say it's about every fourth or fifth car. Are these the it's new scooters? The they still have the scooters down there? Oh, yeah. The scooters are uh, still down there. Hell, we still have bike shop people out and about. Less now, I will say, because the scooters make it so much easier. 
I hate the scooters, man. Uh, that's that's maybe the best part of Houston is that those scooters don't exist down here. Is that right? Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen one in my two years living here. Even downtown, even in the popular areas, they're like not a thing. And they're just all over Austin, and I was hoping they'd be gone by the time I got back. But I guess I'll have to do this myself. I'll throw them into the lake. <laughs> just drive around, load them in the Ultima, and throw them into the lake. Where all those yeah, have uh, dead bodies on the scooter are. before because this is your generation that's really popularizing these things. Yeah, I, I was on them a few times when I uh, when I lived up there, but I could probably count on like two hands the amount of total rides I took, and it was never my idea. It was like all of my friends who I was with wanted to go; they wanted to use the scooter, and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to walk and meet you guys there 45 minutes later. I guess I'll succumb to peer pressure. And oh, I ate shit on one of those things one time. Last story before we go. I was I was hammered, dude. I, if you could get a DUI on those things, which you probably can, yeah, I, I, I should have gotten one. It hurt. Did you hurt yourself? Oh yeah, yeah. We were pretty uh, scraped up. Got me good. The uh, the trash can came out of nowhere, man. I had to swerve to avoid that. And uh, yeah, now we we ate it. Would you end up in the Donkey Kong video game something? You have some giant gorilla throwing trash cans at y'all when you're scootering it, drunk? Yeah, it was a huge barrel, man. It just came out of nowhere. It just was rolling down the hill, and I forgot to hit the button in time to jump over it. Well, that's the, that's the biggest issue with those scooters is it's drunk people late at night, and it's tourists who don't know any better who are mostly on those things. Yeah, yeah, it sucks, and they're everywhere. It's so bad trying to drive around one of those things. That's that's the worst part, but yep. – I digress. All right, good stuff. That's going to do it for uh, Where Are We At Society, and that is going to wrap up another edition of Midday with Trey and BK. After we give one final shout-out to one final sponsor, our buddy Brandon Mars over there at Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rentals. If you have anything that you need to get done, whether it's a small project at home, if it's a large construction project at your place of business, you got to reach out to our friends at Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rentals to get all of the equipment that you need. Yes, rentals or sales, they've got all of the biggest brands and a huge selection of every tool that you could need to make sure you get what you need done. They've got two Austin locations, one in Anderson Square up north, the other on South First Street down south, and they've got you covered. Check them out online at topgun.net, Gun. We'll shoot you straight. Great job, Trey. You too, my friend. All right, that is going to conclude another edition of Midday with Trey and BK on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Please like this video if you haven't yet, and make sure to subscribe to this channel if you haven't done so, and please continue to spread the word. We appreciate all of the love that we have gotten in the now six days of Texas Sports Unfiltered. We'll be back tomorrow from 12 to 1. Until then, y'all stay safe. Y'all stay healthy. And hook them.